the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. This winter is an incredible time to be a sports fan, and there's no better place to get breaking news, real time commentary, and powerful stories than The Athletic. Home to incredible storytelling, relentless reporting, and insightful analysts. The Athletic delivers everything you need in every sports story that matters. Download the app, follow your favorite teams and leagues, and get a personalized feed of ad-free content you simply cannot get anywhere else. Visit theathletic.com slash track today and get 40% off your first year subscription. My name is Mike Chinetti. Happy Monday morning. I'm going to bring Scott Allen in right away here, right out of the gate, and make it a big NFL show. We're going to have a little bit of NBA at the back end, just a quick update because it's been a, it's been a minute since we've talked to NBA, and quite frankly, it's kind of falling apart. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure if that's where Scott wants to go. We'll see what he's got for us. Obviously, at some point, we're going to bring back, get back to the Major League Baseball situation because it's about that time. You know, the Lindor trade was kind of the, the shotgun start for this marathon. And I do think we'll start to see some of those bigger signings come at this point, though it does seem early still January 11th. This might be a February free agency for all we know. Uh, speaking of which, the, the focus this morning... Obviously, we saw six halfway decent NFL games this weekend, and that means six teams are into the offseason, and they're they're interesting teams. So, Scott, welcome to the show. I'm going to let you pick. We got, we got six losers from the weekend, and you tell me which one in terms of the 2021 offseason is most important to get to here. Uh, uh, it's probably a tie between the Bears and the Steelers. Yeah, that's probably right because of the quarterback situation. Um, well, well yeah, Washington and honestly, yeah, God, yeah. four of the six here have quarterback situations. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, if we're Steelers talking Colts, have to pay people too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, you know, I just did that tweet not too long ago. Here, that is the most the most interesting team because, from at least from an offensive standpoint, that it can be a complete reoverhaul, a complete overhaul. Mm-hmm. Quarterback yep. retire. Running back, let to walk in free agency. Juju Schuster, free agency. Uh, Eric Ebron, probably released. It just doesn't seem like that clicked at all this year. Vance McDonald, the backup tight end, probably overpaid. He's out. Left tackles up for free agency. I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, the center made a huge mistake last night. Pouncey, he's got a huge cap figure. He might be out the door. It just, it might be a gigantic overhaul from, and I, and what I've been talking about, the four notable defensive starters. And Joe Hayden's crazy high cap hit next year. So yeah, Pittsburgh is interesting because they've been consistently great. They were 11 and 0. They fell off a truck, major defensive injuries. Uh, have to imagine Ben's crazy banged up. You know, I, I realize he's old and there's obvious decline, but it just seems like you, you don't go 11 and 0 and get disinterested. And if they weren't that good, I would feel like he was disinterested because that's the body language he's kind of given off, which means he's probably pretty hurt, right? <laughs> don't yeah. you don't you get that impression that there's maybe three or four things going on that are just limiting him? And I'm not making excuses. He made bad throws. I mean, different 500 yards had four picks and lost and lost handedly. I mean, they had no business being in that game at the end there. So um, really interesting team this offseason. The cap space is going to be there if they want it. Like I said, they can cut... I mean, they can start fresh with Ben if they need to and, and save themselves upwards of 20 million right there, right out of the gate. So what they do early is going to be an indication of where this team might be going. 
you know, if Baltimore makes a run here, they're going to uh, Baltimore and Cleveland may leapfrog them in terms of, you know, Vegas betting odds in the next six, seven days here for 2021. So they may be behind the eight ball almost immediately going into next season. And we haven't really seen them rebuild. We've seen them go through the AB situation, obviously the Le'Veon situation. They threw a franchise tag on Bud Dupree last year, which they probably regret, especially with the injury. So it's been sort of a spiraling downward situation, but I I come back to it and I'll let you speak here now. They were 11-0, right? It it may have been the softest 11-0 in the history of sports, but... You know, how do you kind of react to them now heading into the offseason? Yeah, you're right. 11 and 0 is 11 and 0. I mean, whether you get the win soft or not, a um, lot of things that they have to take care of. Like you said, they, they have to pay some people or cut some people. They're going to have to draft smartly. But, you know, this is a team that I, I don't think I'm too worried about. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record uh, with, with the Steelers, which is an unbelievable uh, you know, stat there. Uh, the, the lowest he's ever been is 8-8, eight and eight, which was uh, last season, 2019. So I, with him at the helm, I, I think that they're stable. And we've talked about this with coaching in the past. Yeah. They know what they want to do. They're going to know what they're, for the most part, going to want to target. They've been drafting pretty well. They drafted uh, Claypool mm-hmm. and then um, with the Devontae Johnson. James Washington. Kid. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, they're ready in terms of moving on from Juju. Yeah. So if they do move on from, uh, from Big Ben, you know, th- that could be a sleeper team for one of these veteran quarterbacks that we've been rotating around just to to get in as a stopgap quarterback for mm-hmm. a year or two. They could draft someone in the second or third round to fill in because well, I, Mason Rudolph obviously is not the answer. And anyone else that they've had to fill in when Ben's been injured has not necessarily been the answer either. So I'm not even um, sure this is a sleeper team. I, I think this is a I, I put them right there with the Colts. If Philip Rivers retires. These are two lucrative quarterback jobs, lucrative because of the weapons that exist here. Now, you know, you might lose Juju. You might have to bring in a new tight end. That's doable. Um, I, you know, why wouldn't Matthew Stafford want to go here for three years right? and play with those with those wide receivers? Exactly. Um, you know, they could even if, if the Jets move on from Darrell, that's a move I could see Pittsburgh making as, as more of a cost controlled option. Here's the question I have for you. And it kind of just popped into my head because we went back and forth. Was it a year ago? Nah, maybe two years now. I'm losing track. Is this an Eli Manning situation? Like, can Pittsburgh not cut? What if Ben wants to come back? Mm. I mean, you and I, I me specifically, I, I ranted on this microphone about the Eli situation where they basically did him a solid a $19 million solid, which subsequently is exactly what Ben is, is set to make next year. $19 million. Do, do, does, does Pittsburgh say, all right, 75% of Ben is good enough for us on, on $19 million. We'll restructure the cap hit, you know, add some, some void years to the back of this so that it lowers for 2021. But one for 19 is good enough for us. Or is that just asking for trouble? Mm. with with the cap situation of where it might be that could be that could be trouble depending on yeah, where I that think it ends is up too. i in. think it's a bad business move but so was bringing well, back eli manning when you drafted daniel was, jones it was bad it was and they regretted you, it i think 
if you, not you, if the Steelers go in and say, all right, we're going to at least finish out this contract with Big Ben, and then... Is there an obligation, Scott? Honestly, I mean, we we have so few of these situations, you know, where a a guy plays in the same spot for forever. Those are going to be rarer and rarer now in, in all of sports, not just football, but... You know, is there an obligation? And in, in Pittsburgh, maybe more so than any other franchise. I mean, they don't fire coaches. They don't change nope. front. They don't do it. I mean, they are about as stable as you get from a from a franchise. So, you know, does that trickle down to this quarterback? Yeah, I think it does. It, it, but like I was going to say, you know, if if they keep Ben, they they may be going into their training camp with a quarterback controversy because if if he can't play then, you know, they're going to have to do something to offset his inability or his injury. Hopefully by then he can heal. But if we get into the season next year and he is the starter and by halfway, two thirds of the season and he has a dramatic drop off as Mm -hmm. he has this season, then they're going to have to have a backup plan. But you don't want to necessarily have them bench him because he is the face of the franchise. He has been there for so long. But don't you think from a financial situation, this is where the NFL could transition into, and I get the CBA has already been signed and everything <laughs> like that, but that legacy yeah. contract that we've been I talking know. about where- If you're you know, there 10 gonna, years plus, right? With a team or something like that. Yeah. Or even 15 plus and you're on your last leg, but you want to keep Big Ben as the face. You want him to finish off in Pittsburgh. Let him let his cap or whatever be non-existent to their cap. And he's there. And if he plays, he plays. But, you know, for the experience, the morale ship, everything else. But if we're seeing that with Big Ben, we're seeing that with Eli, what they were pretty close to the same draft class, if I remember correctly, or they were the same draft class yeah. somewhere around there. But yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it might be something to, to in the back burner for the NFL to really start talking about if they want to have that. But again, they like having the, the noise back and forth. So and, that just quickly on that, because we've talked a few times, that won't come until there is a multi-year like a like a like a six-year stint where teams are just punting on veteran quarterbacks like there's just no reason to keep you know there's no reason for that third contract because i can go back into the draft and go 10 percent, you know 10 percent of the cost and 90 percent of the production when that starts to become the way the league works and you're not getting quarterbacks staying in one place for more than eight years seven years that's when I think you'll have to start to address with something, some kind of creativity like that. It'll take the quarterback position, is my point. You know what I mean? Like the league isn't worried about inside linebackers not staying with with <laughs> no. a team for ten years. Um, let me just throw this out to you, just because it's fun. I, I don't even think it's smart, but it's fun. How about you just supplement Ben with Ryan Fitzpatrick next year? Just two thirty-eight-year-old stalwarts who may have to share the space. How how much more fun would Pittsburgh be <laughs> if yeah, that was right. the situation? And yeah, you're right. You give Ryan a, a legitimate shot to compete at times. Ben's going to be banged up. It's just the nature of his game. It's it's not good business. I mean, the the right move is some sort of second round quarterback draft pick, which I guess they could still make. Uh, the the concern I have with Pittsburgh, and let's move off them after this, is 
there's just a lot of holes to fill now. And it's not easy to do that in one year. So if, if, if the front office looks at this and says, look, this isn't even about Ben. Ben is the easy fix here. Because you're right. There's going to be... I mean, my God, they could drop Jameson here for $4 million, And he might throw 45 touchdown passes on this team next year. Seriously, he might throw 60 interceptions. But you know, you might get the quarterback production you need right there for $4 million. Wouldn't Jameis take four after taking one this year? I, I feel like he would. Um, so I, I think the quarterback position might be easier to fill than than not. But when you're talking edge rusher, two defensive tackles, a, a starting cornerback, a, a left tackle, a starting running back, a, a, you know, a, essentially a WR1, which you may have already filled, two tight end positions. I'm just literally off the top of my head. That's what I know they're going to need um, all in a starting fashion. That's easier said than done. Uh, with free agency and things like that being, I don't know, it's not the best free agent class. So you're going to have to sort of be creative with how you do that. So I just wonder if they look at it and say, no, this is too tall of an order to try to stay at the top of the AFC right now and do this all at one time. I wonder if they understand they're going to be more of a middling team and rip some of this down. You know, not to mention... TJ Watt's going to need like $400 million soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's going to be, I mean, he's a perennial defensive player of the year candidate, so he's going to need a ton of money. So, all right, let's move off to a second team. Your choice, sir. Where are we going next? Um, let's just go to the Bears. Okay. I mentioned him off the top here. Take him. I mean, I, I think I've made my opinions pretty clear, but take it because it's been floundering for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, th- that defense kept them in that game. But that offense, they they could not move the ball, and I, whether it's Trubisky or other pieces, coaching, whatever it may be. But for the longest time, that team was still in that game, and then towards the end, they they sort of fizzled out. The defense just couldn't keep up anymore. So they they have a lot of holes to fill, I think, as well as we just talked about with Pittsburgh. They they have to figure out a what are they going to do with the coaching? Um, you know they. That team squeaked into the the playoffs and probably shouldn't have been there. Mm-hmm. You have a head coaching staff. Do you keep them like we talked about before, or do you let them go and you start over? And if you start over, what do you do with Trubisky? Do, do you re-sign him? Do you let him go? Do you bring someone else in? You got Nick Foles there. Um, you've got some weapons that I, I think that they're going to have to either restructure or sign. Uh, you've got you know questions with that running back core between Cohen and uh, Montgomery who you know came on there at the end with some some big runs there um yeah Cohen but, Cohen hit the IR pretty early that was a big miss yeah. I mean Montgomery needs him and Montgomery did, yeah. you're right he did take a step forward uh, this is about two things cuz I think that defense when given a good offense, a good enough offense is going to be one of the top defenses in the league every year. They don't have to do too much. And, and honestly, they don't really have the free agent losses that that many teams do. So I, I expect that to not be an issue in 2021. They can kind of keep that intact as long as they don't need to, any cap casualties for the offensive side of the ball, which that could be something. Um, I look at two things here. You mentioned the coach. I was about to say, is this a GM problem? And I don't think it is. I honestly don't think it is. I think there's been halfway decent draft picks here. You know, bringing in Allen Robinson a couple of years ago was a good move. I mean, that's a sneaky, creative move out of Jacksonville. A player who what didn't give wasn't given enough love on a bad Jaguars team and is a legitimate wide receiver one. I mean, he is worth twenty million dollars a year. He's an expiring contract. Uh, 
you know, there's a long list of expiring contracts and he may want to look elsewhere. But you, what about Juju? <laughs> let's, let's just bridge that gap. How about putting Juju on this team immediately? You know, at maybe a cheaper rate. I've only got Juju at about 15 and a half, 16 because of the, the games he's missed and the lack of production over the past year and a half. You know, he's a second tier uh, cost right now, Juju Smith Schuster. Let's put him in the Bears right now and move forward. Now we've filled, filled the Allen Robinson hole. I think they like Darnell Mooney, and, and Anthony Miller has taken a step forward now in his rookie contract. Jimmy Graham had a complete resurgence. And I don't, I don't know if he's back or not, but they've already drafted his replacement in Cole Komet. It, the roster is abs- actually okay. It's okay. I mean, the, we talked offensive lines last week, Scott. They need to improve that, no question, especially on the right side of the ball. That's where they're going to focus the draft. So what do you do with the quarterback? Because Foles is fully guaranteed. It's cheap. He, he's like having a, a high-paid backup salary right now, fully guaranteed. It's kind of like the Chase Daniel right situation where you love the guy enough to want him on the roster. You, you paid maybe a million more than you would for a normal backup, and it's guaranteed, but you're just happy that he's here. That's how we feel about Nick Foles. I don't think Nick Foles has a chance in hell to start on this team next year, but I don't think he's getting released either. He's just going to be there holding the clipboard, yeah. You know, thinking about his uh, his mountain climbing and bike riding, <laughs> whatever he needs to be doing to make good money on the sideline. So, what do you do with Mitch Trubisky? I, uh, you know, I wrote a piece about you know players in this postseason that are kind of sitting there waiting for money. Now, what what happens in this postseason could mean money for them in the future. Trubisky wasn't good, you know, and it's a one game sample size, but it's a big game sample size. So. There was a chance where he wins a game like this or or makes a really big stamp on that game yesterday. And the Bears say, all right, we've seen enough. The franchise tag isn't going to work for us this year because of the cap situation. But we'll bring you back on. Maybe it's a two-year, $15 million, you know, a Mariota-type contract with incentives to start and things like that. So just enough to say... We don't want you, we don't want you to go just yet, you know. We'll guarantee you about twelve or whatever it's going to be. Who knows? I don't know if we can even do that now. I, I think it's to the point now where, you know, the public outcry against Mitch Trubisky is probably more so than not, and it matters. That matters. You, there needs to be stability kind of everywhere, and and the fan consent while you can sit sit there and say they don't listen to it. It's just it's too important to not listen to. So they probably don't love him just like we don't really love him. So why pay him? There's options. Go get one of these guys. Go go do yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like go go sign somebody crazy cheap who gets released. Garoppolo might be just flat out available. How about bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo on 12 million fully guaranteed for one year? Just do it, right? Yeah, or like you said with Pittsburgh Jameis, fine. Sling the ball. Oh you God! Know, but, but Chicago but, fans <laughs> may, may need better than that, <laughs> right? But but you know this team. Let, let's recall they went five and one to start the season. Yeah. Then they lost six in a row, and yeah, then they but, won. Three yeah, but we all knew four. what that five and but, one meant. Those were bad teams. They were beaten. <laughs> they they were bad teams, but wins are wins. And those losses that they had, yes, some of them were blowouts. But you know they went to overtime with New Orleans and lost yeah. by a field goal. They lost by six points to Minnesota. You know they lost the four points to a, a, a measly Detroit. So they were in those games, whether they were bad or not. But yeah. that's why I say it. It's probably a delicate balance of can you keep the coaching staff because they were winning and all I say you no, need Scott. is a Scott, I say no to that. 
I, I didn't get to that point. I, I apologize. I, okay. I, I initially was going to say, why don't we just change the very top and change the GM out here and let a new GM assess the coach, the quarterback situation for a year and then go from there. I think it's the wrong move. I think you take the coach and the quarterback out here. I really do. And I don't know. If, I, I don't know what coach that's going to be. Is it Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern right down the road? You know, who's been a hot, hot name, but I think Nagy has shown enough. I, I feel the same way about this situation that I do about Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson, Scott, uh, a team we're not going to talk about today, but you know, I've said enough on Twitter. Peterson's job is now on the line. The ownership has heard enough. And oh, by the way, public outcry. <laughs> Let's be honest what this is. This is yes. the Eagles getting dragged through the mud because Carson Wentz contract sucks and Doug Peterson has all but given up on him. And I said it yesterday in a tweet. You know what's a lot easier than moving on from Carson Wentz? Firing Doug Peterson and bringing in somebody who says... I'll try to fix that guy for a year because that's way easier to do from a front that's office way standpoint, easier. way easier. So why can't that be the situation here? Even if, it, even if, well, let's say Ryan Pace, who drafted Trubisky, gave up the world to go up there and get him. Let's say Ryan Pace, the GM says, I don't want to give up on Trubisky yet because I don't want to go through high, you know, high heaven to bring in Stafford or high heaven to acquire Deshaun Watson, whatever it's going to be, right? Let's just say I want to give you know, Trubisky, a Tannehill type contract, one for seven incentive leading to high hell. You know what I mean? No franchise tag in 2022, whatever it's going to be. You know, I want to give him one more shot. We're going to do it smartly from a business standpoint, but I want to find a coach that believes in this kid. Like I believe in this kid. Let's just say that happens because it's probably a very likely possibility. Isn't that easier? Isn't that so much easier from a front office standpoint and an optic standpoint to just say, hey, we're going to put it on the coach. We kind of like our team. Like I, I, you know, I said, we can swap out Allen Robinson if he wants to leave. There's a laundry list of WR1s hitting the market. You know, T.Y. Hilton, they're all out there. So um, that seems to be where it's going. And the quarterback position could just kind of fall into place. Here's my question to you. Do you have the draft situation up? I, I don't have it in front of me. I do. Wh- I do. Where are they at, Scott? They're at 20 right now. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> right behind Washington. Okay. So that, that makes it easier. They're not, they're not drafting a high quarterback this year. They're not doing not it. Unless they move up. Not yeah. Unless they move up. Yeah. That's not happening. So, you know, it's a Garoppolo. It's a Carr. It's a Jameis. Or it's just Trubisky. Right? It's just Trubisky. Cheap. Let's just see what this thing is again. I don't know. Yeah. That... That or they make a make a trade with a team for a veteran quarterback, but then do you, did they want to go that route? You I, know, we've talked about. I, yeah, I think I'm talking myself out of that because there are such easier ways to get a quarterback this year. You know, that's why it's, it's why the, the Miami Deshaun Watson stuff, and we'll talk about it here. It's it's interesting, but is it? Is it really worth it? I mean, is the shot isn't is he that much better to give up like six top one hundred picks and your rookie quarterback? What Miami is is essentially being asked for. Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. Let's skip that. Yeah, I, I think well, I think it's easier that, said than done for the Bears here. I really do. Yeah, fire the I, coach. I think this could be that might be all you need to do. Be, Just fire the damn coach. <laughs> Just like Pittsburgh that you mentioned, this could be a team where bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. He can sling the ball. He could throw it. He can be, at least be oh. a stopgap every week. You know, that, that, that guy could go in anywhere. There's, but, there know. is no expert out there that believes in that, though. I mean, we're, we're getting no. laughed at by, by so many people right now for that. But look at it's not, it's not moronic. 
Miami was a playoff no, team not. because of Ryan Fitzpatrick, not because of Tua. <laughs> it wasn't what Tua did that got them into contention for the playoffs. So it's not ridiculous. You know, I, I don't know. There's going to be those options. You're going to have Tyrod Taylor available. There, there's going to be plenty of those middling guys. Bridgewater might become available. You know, that might be a tradable contract, to be quite honest, right there. I, we'll see. Last one, and we'll take a quick break here. Colts put up a hell of a fight against Buffalo. That's that's they a did. very, very good roster. Uh, there's a chance that's the best roster in this six-team six group that lost this weekend. Defense is solid. Darius Leonard is going to get a big payday. They can do better on that defense, quite frankly. Uh, the, the, the DeForest Buckner ad was huge. Getting Darius Leonard back and healthy, huge. They can do more on that secondary, and I think they will this offseason. That'll be a, a probably a drafting uh, position. T.Y. Hilton's up. Phillip Rivers is up. Other than that, it's pretty stable. Marlon Mack, you forgot about him because he got hurt so early. He's up. There's no need to bring him back. I mean, the, the Hines-Taylor situation is outstanding. They have like four tight ends. They're probably going to move on from one or two there. But quarterback and secondary? I mean, <laughs> this is a pretty easy fix to go from you know, fr- fringe playoff to now legit contender. Yeah. Right. But Carson Wentz is the name being floated. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't this team demand better? Look, it's easy. They sh- they it's an should. easy, it's an easy matchup. You know, Carson Wentz, Frank Reich, Colts need a quarterback, whatever. But shouldn't they want better? Like, shouldn't Absolutely. this be a Deshaun Watson landing spot? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. They'll never do it. Cause it's, an- <laughs> but, you know, they'll never do <laughs> right. it. Never. But, no, but shit, they should absolutely demand more than a Carson Wentz. You know, n- n- nothing against Carson Wentz, but um, that team, they they were in it down to the end against Buffalo. They, like you said, they have pieces in there. They have young pieces in uh-huh. there. Um, and one of the things that was noticeable as opposed to some of these other games is that offensive line yep. protected Rivers like crazy. I know. We tried to blitz. We tried to get to Rivers. Everything that the Buffalo Bills threw at the Indianapolis Colts, they were able to sustain that onslaught coming at Rivers. And Rivers was able to get the ball out and get it down the field. So if you could get a quarterback that can, you know, fill in and be uh, even 10% better than what Phillip Rivers was, then that team is a force to be reckoned with coming into the 2021 season. Let me give you a wild idea here. Because, you know, the more you talk about these teams from a team building perspective, the, the you know, the different branches that the you can go off to. There's just so few needs here. The needs are so yeah. specific and targeted. Isn't the best football slash business move this, Scott. Give up your draft and go get Justin Fields. Oh, interesting. Justin Fields doesn't have an immediate home right now. Every mock draft I've seen has him differently because number two doesn't need him. Because the speculation is the Jets are keeping Darnold. And if that's the case, why isn't this the team that goes and does it? Cost control yeah. from a from a money standpoint, giving up a ton of draft assets. But I think we've just established, and it's probably pretty easy to see, this team doesn't need seven things this year. They need probably two or three pieces, which they can address in free agency. They've got cap space, by the way. Top five cap space. 
So you can already shift your, your, your building process to there. Give up the draft and go yeah, get, I like that. Go get the second best, maybe the first best quarterback available, arguably. Right. I, th- yeah, I think I, 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 that's a, <laughs> that, that, that is a great thought. I, I agree with that. That is very interesting, especially when they have all those pieces around them. You know, not, now's the time mm-hmm. you've got, you've got your line, you've got your young weapons. You have a defense that is really good. Uh, your window is, you know, could be five years. If you made that move and you can keep some of those assets for the long term because they are team controlled, yep. uh, you, you could be in a situation where you have like a, a Russell Wilson or a Patrick Mahomes type thing. Where exactly. You, you, Exactly. You're, 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 you're plugging and playing. It's a, it's where you would want someone like a, a Joe Burrow or a, a Trevor Lawrence to have gone to because they're, they're ready to go. That like we always talk about the team is ready to go and plug them in. Let's go. And that, that's a great, great thought by you. Okay. Let's take a quick break. Today's episode is also brought to you by the online betting guide. Do you consider yourself an NBA expert? Knowledgeable in stats, trends, plays, injuries. Prove your skills against other knowledgeable basketball fans in OLBG.com's NBA Pick'em Contest. Enter for free and share your NBA picks to win cash prizes. There's 15 prizes given away every month, totaling $130 in free prize money. OLBG.com is a sports betting community where expert handicappers share their predictions and also compete for top place in the leaderboard. At the same time, they're helping you make informed betting decisions. Show them what you got today olbg.com. All right, it's got three down, three to go. Let's kind of roll through these ones. Less interesting. WFT, the Washington football team, your neck of the woods. I mean, crazy interesting quarterback situation, maybe, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Where are you leaning here? As far as quarterback or... Yeah, what else matters? The defense is good. The running back is good. They got a WR1. I don't know because the, the reports over the weekend were Alex Smith is going to take four, six weeks to figure out what he wants to do. If he wants to come back, if he wants to keep going. It sounds like that calf injury that he was, you know, nursing for the last couple of weeks is, is kind of significant. So, you know, th- this is a team that m- may have to go the route of looking completely fresh, new, uh, whether it's in the draft in free agency, but they're going to have to figure out what they can do. Um, I don't know what Alex Smith's uh, financial implications would be if he wasn't able to return. Now, is if he decides to retire, is there a different financial you know, hit on the Washington football team, whether he retires or they have to release him, or is it the same? It's the same. All the guaranteed money's gone. So... You know, there's 10.8 million of bonus proration left in terms of dead cap. That splits in half if he d- they do this after June 1st. Um, his 19 million next year doesn't lock in until week one. So, th- you know, they can slow play this as long as they want. You know, they're keeping 24 million plus of cap on the on the payroll though to do that. So, I would imagine by March 17th when this thing gets going, they're going to know exactly what the situation is. I'm I'm kind of leaning towards Kyle Allen here, maybe maybe recklessly, <laughs> uh, and just maybe they're looking for a game manager who's crazy cheap. And why not? This whole team is crazy cheap. Just across did they the not board. Bring back, did they not keep Heineke too? I mean, it, he showed that he. Could yeah, play he's in the RFA. Had, the, Kyle Allen and Heineke 
are maybe serviceable options on minimum salaries, literally minimum salaries. So I think they have the option of saying, Alex Smith, if you want to play football, we'll definitely take you on because <laughs> our other two quarterbacks cost us $1.7 million combined. So they have the option of just coming back with all three of these guys, using them in rotation as necessary, or just rolling with these three, going out and getting a WR2, going out and re, you know signing a, t- a tight end, re-signing Brandon Scherf to maybe the highest guard contract in history. Um, and then going. The defense is ready. They probably need another cornerback. There's some really easy draft fixes here. I just don't think they need to be reckless and move up to draft a quarterback or bring in mm-hmm. Cam Newton on a flyer. I mean, they can do that on the cheap if they want, but I just kind of feel like these three are good enough to get it through a year. And then if they need to address this on a wholesale, they then they you know kind of strip it down in 2022 and do it. But that may, that may not be the answer. I mean, they may want to go big and make a splash here at quarterback. No. Yeah. Well, I, I pulled up pro football focuses like we talked about last time, and I pulled up their grades for their offense and pass block and run block. Their pass block was number three overall, yeah. and their run block was 12 overall. So they, they have an offensive line. They have a lot of cheap wide receivers, running backs, they're sort of, you know, they're sort of like the Indianapolis Colts where they have a defense, yeah. they have young picks around them. And if you can get the the consistent quarterback play, that team could be winning the division and vying mm-hmm. for playoff. You know, they were in the playoffs, but they could be vying for a playoff where they're actually moving on. They're very close. I think it's just a matter of filling in those pieces and having depth at some of those other areas that, you know, when they're plagued with injuries, they can just plug and chug. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this could go any way and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this could be a Garoppolo destination. The, this could be any of these quarterbacks that are out there. You know, Andy Dalton. <laughs> sure, right? Andy Dalton's an yeah. upgrade. Andy Dalton is a younger, healthier upgrade to Alex Smith. So something like that makes sense to me. But I could also see, hey, we're rolling with Kyle Allen for 2021. I, I could totally see that because I think he was fine for those three weeks. I think Rivera knows him very, very well, knows his limitations. will be able to build an offense around him. I, I'm just really not worried about this team. I think they're not a contender. They know they're not yet. And they're going to slowly build up that build up what they have offense and defense. And I don't think they have to make a big splash in 2021. So conservative is probably the best approach here. I don't know what to think about this next one in Seattle. <laughs> Don't you feel like it's Bart Simpson banging his head against this, the chalkboard too many times here? Yes. Every single year now, it feels like for yep. five years, have a decade, it feels like the Seahawks are the same iteration of themselves, even though some of the characters change. I, I love Russ. Love him. And uh, you know, I want to see him win more football because I want his legacy to be better than it is right now, even though it certainly started off about as good as it can get. Uh, I, it's offensive line. You know, we talked about this for a long time. They've got to fix that. They, they, they battled injuries there. I don't know. I mean, they're going to spend a ton of money in the defense this offseason. So <laughs> I don't know that Russ's options are going to get much better. If they spend all of their allocations on the offense and defensive trenches, I think that would be the best play. And just see where that gets you in 2021. Don't really do it too much. You know, don't change out too much or the expiring, the, the free agent list isn't huge. You know, they forfeited a lot of draft picks for Jamal Adams. That's probably a contract that's going to have to hit this offseason now. So that's going to be a big, big one upwards of 16, $17 million a year. 
even though he was banged up for half the season. So I, I would imagine we're going to see a lot, a lot of not sexy moves by this team. And I think I'm okay with that. I just, you know, I don't know how many more years this P. Carroll Russell Wilson situation can look like this and, and, you know, and keep and say it this way. You know, by the way, kind of a back burner story, which may come to focus, the Lions are trying to poach the Seahawks GM, like literally acquire him. So that would be a big deal. John Schneider is an all timer, one of my favorites. So if that happens, now we got a different situation because now you're looking at fresh blood, fresh eyes looking at this roster. Who knows what happens at that point? But just kind of a lot of uh, intrigue. And I hope it's similar to Washington. I hope it's not really sexy, splashy moves. Just build the trenches and let Russ yeah, cook. You're right. Yeah. And, and their defense was so bad that you yeah. know they, they've got to address that in one way or another. Defense got banged up, though. I'm, I'm not going to crush them too much for that, but they need an edge rusher. Like no other. So, you know, resign a couple of the DTs, bring in some somebody who can pass and rush the passer and just hope the rest kind of works out because I think the offense is promising. I guess it should be noted Chris Carson's a free agent, the running back. Um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be at top of that list, probably with Aaron Jones, James Conner, and a few more. Um I don't know what you do there. I don't know. Cause if he wants more than ten can you do that, but also rebuild your, your trenches? I don't know. That's a tough call for me. Maybe a franchise tag might be around nine. Yeah. So I guess I'd probably lean that in that direction or a transition tag. Uh, do you even need to franchise tag a running back? Is anybody going to trade for a running back? <laughs> right. Just go the, the yeah. Kenyon Drake route and, and spend a million less and transition tag these players. So I, I guess I'm leaning in that direction. Other than that, Seattle should be boring this off season on purpose. I, I are, are, are we seeing the effects of Russell Wilson getting paid and having such a high cap hit and he's going to have a high cap hit next year where they're not able to allocate resources and money to no. where they need to? No, I, I think they're opting not to do that. Okay. I think it's a conscious decision that, all right, we've paid the quarterback. We could, because that's what you do. We just don't pay wide receivers top dollar. We just don't pay, you know, inside. Well, they have, in fact, they've paid their linebackers more than any other team in the league. They've valued Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright for a lot of years now as top echelon. KJ Wright's an expiring contract. So that's what I mean. They may, may need to make maybe two edge rusher slash coverage outside linebacker acquisitions this offseason. Maybe there's a little shake up there. Maybe that's where it happens. But other than that, this team's fine. And Russell just didn't really play well these last five weeks. So I'm not going to kill this thing too much. Titan Scott, speaking of running backs. Yeah, they, you know. We kind of talked about it last defense, show, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Pass blocking. They, One of the worst they, in the league. Like 20, what was it? 24th or something like that? Worse? Or worse than that, I think. But yeah, you're right. They, uh, it showed yesterday. It did. Let's see. They were 28th, 28th. And then subsequently their defense couldn't stop no. anything. No. I mean, <laughs> I, I was shocked and I'm sure Twitter, I, I tried to stay off as much as I could, but you know, it, I'm sure Twitter blew up the, the, the Titans for punting when they needed to get some points on the board. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they didn't go for fourth down and they're, they're sort of saying, you know, trust your, we're going to trust our defense, but their defense hadn't stopped anything 
So they definitely have some holes that they need to fill on that offensive line and on the defense. I mean, they have the pieces as far as their wide receivers. Tannehill, you give him time, he's going to be able to throw the ball. And then you've got Derrick Henry where, you know, <laughs> they didn't, they, they tried to utilize him, but their defense just was able to contain him as much as they could. Mm-hmm. But you're right. This is a team and it's a reoccurring theme with pretty much all, most of these teams we've talked about today, offensive line, defensive line, and, you know, make games are won in the playoffs with those trenches. You can get to the playoffs with an adequate defense. And, an, and a good running game. But you probably can't get too far. I mean, defenses got exposed yesterday pretty badly. The, the, it was the Steelers' deficiency because of injuries. There's no question. I mean, no Hayden, no inside linebackers, no linebackers, you know, anything. And, uh, you know, I think at one point, the NBC crew basically said, have we even said the deep, the Pittsburgh defensive line players' names? No, <laughs> they haven't said them because they weren't doing anything because Cleveland was just having their way. So... It matters. I mean, there's no question that, you know, it is not a sexy offseason move. It's not going to make the headlines. It's not going to be retweeted a million times, but you have got to fill the trenches out. <laughs> you have to do it. Can't say it enough. And these teams that are, you know, fringe playoff teams like this that are, that want to be there again next year, generally speaking, that's where you have to go. The Giants have a surplus of defensive line that, that, that teams could target. The Washington football team has a surplus. Ryan Kerrigan's a serviceable player. He's going to walk off that team because he just doesn't have a spot there anymore. You know, Melvin Ingram may fall out of the Chargers roster. That's a name right there. I don't know if Shaq Barrett gets paid in Tampa Bay. These are all, you know, pass rushing players that can still play ball. So I'm not even trying. (laughs) I'm I'm really not even trying here. So, you know, teams can get creative and really find some talent. Olivier Vernon, you know, maybe a little past his prime. There's options. There's options out there. So, We'll see. But these are these are the teams here, these these six losing teams that generally speaking, you know, yes, there's quarterback decisions to be made, but a lot of it is defensive line, offensive line. That's just generally how this works. All right. I'm gonna give you the option, Scott. Should I do a Deshaun Watson rant here or not? <laughs> you speak for the people. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Uh I, I waited until I absolutely had to say something because I didn't want this to be real. I hate to speculate on things like this because they're such hot stove, you know, and you know, Florio does this stuff every now and then I I give him credit. He hears something from somebody and if it's juicy, he's got to go with it. So I I waited until Chris Mortensen had reports, which was yesterday. And now I'm starting to at least react to the fact that this could happen and putting the numbers out there. And to a lot of people's surprise, the way this was structured, this is an extremely tradable contract, like as basic as it comes. $27 million signing bonus. So the dead cap isn't huge. There's no roster bonuses until 2023. There's no option bonuses. There's no nothing like that. This is a standard contract, just a big one. <laughs> the, the extension really hasn't even kicked in yet. I mean, <laughs> he was playing on a minimum salary this year with a minimum roster bonus from his rookie contract. And they gave him $27 million in terms of a signing bonus. So outside of that, you know, it ramps up a little bit in 2021. But this thing doesn't get going until 2022. Here's the dead cap situation. You know, I, I kind of assume it's going to be a post-June 1, but it's probably not. I mean, if Deshaun Watson's going to be traded for another quarterback, for Tua, and then that number three pick, this is going to have to happen, obviously, before June 1st, because the number three pick is going to be included. So... 
let's just say it's a it's a one and done early March trade. You're talking twenty. Sorry, twenty one. I think I'm looking. But twenty one point six. Think think of how the NBA works, where trades can be you know processed post trade. It can You're be a have, handshake. It could be a handshake deal where they say, "All right, we're going to draft this guy for you, but we're going to wait till six one to process that trade." That is so I, it, much it's unlikely. It's it's. I can't even go there, Scott, because teams just don't play ball like that. They don't. I and, know. And there's no reason for a team for a Miami to play ball with Houston. You know what I mean? Miami's given up way more here in terms of assets than the I do. But it's worth bringing. It's worth m- mentioning that yeah. that as as percentage low as it is for that to happen, it, it is still a possibility where, you know, they could, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in an extra draft pick. If you wait until six one and draft this guy for us, it hasn't and, happened yet, but it's it certainly creative. Uh, but look, it's, it's feet. If it, if the Titans need, if, excuse me, if the Texans need the cap space in this weird year, 2021, uh, yeah, let's throw that out possibility out there. But Let's just say it's done early. It's $21.6 million, which means they're losing $5 million in cap space to make this move. So it's a bad deal for the 2021 situation. Um, but it's all off at that point. Everything else is gone at that point. There's no 2022 dead cap. And obviously, the ton of cash is gone. So for, in terms of the guarantees, real quick, it's three years and about $82.5 million guaranteed through 2023. So this is a three-year, basically fully guaranteed contract for Miami or whoever this is going to be. Again, even that doesn't sound scary, right? <laughs> Deshaun yeah. Watson's 24 going on 25 right now. He's a... Uh, I mean, this is a bonkers move for a player of this caliber and of this age. I can't even imagine the picks. I mean, we're talking probably all of their top 100s in 2021 and all of their top 100s in 2022. That's what Miami probably has. To, plus Tua. Plus Tua. That's that. That's what I would ask from if I'm Houston. I think it would be that much. So I, I can't say this is likely. I understand his uh, Deshaun Watson's, you know, anger and discontent with the organization. Look, if JJ Watt's pissed, something's seriously broken. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something is wrong. So, something has gone haywire. Because I think you know nobody's more invested in that city than Watt. So now you've got your two big franchise pieces com- just completely trashing your organization. So something is obviously wrong from the owner down to this new GM hire to the coaching situation. It's all basically a mess. So because of that, Scott, you know, regardless of what kind of football move this is, they may just have to do this. You know, you may just have to rip the bandaid off with players who are this powerful and this vocal because they may be damaging to your brand. You know, mm-hmm. if Watson yep. can continue to do this and he can, he's earned it. He's that good. He just had that good of a season on this bad team. If he's going to continue to do this, this is James Harden-esque. You know? if, if Harden gets back on the mic soon and says, hey, man, Houston's, we suck. I got to get the hell out of here and continues to do that like Jimmy Butler did in Minnesota for all those years or for that one year, it's going to have to happen. The, the, Deshaun Watson is too powerful for it not to get there. And so, so is J.J. Watt if he wants to get back in front of the mic. So it... uh there's a point where there's going to be no return. I don't think we're there yet. I think there's time for Houston to repair this, for the new GM to, to step in and say, hey, man, let's you and I get on the same page. Let's figure out how to go forward. What kind of weapons are you looking for? What kind of offense are you looking for? Let's work with to, to bring in the coach together. You know, There's room to do this, but I not, think it's already not broken, a good though. start. 
I, I think it's already broken. You do. Yeah, but did, we thought that with James Harden right across town, Scott, and that seems to have leveled off. Don't you agree? Yeah, for right now, I'm sure. Like you said, they're three and five right now. Oh, they're bad, but it, I, you know, you're not hearing anybody <laughs> scream about it. Is no, my point. My, 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 so my question is: A, why Miami? And B, because of Tua. If because of the Chargers won't trade Herbert, that's why. <laughs> and if you're Miami, you you know you have that number three pick. So if you play devil's advocate yeah. and say Fields drops to number three, I don't think he will, but it, say he does, you know they they could go that route and just draft a young controllable player that is cheap and not having obviously Watson's track record um, precedes him. You know, you, I've, you I've thought about this too. I team. thought about what you're saying too, Scott, because you generally speaking, you and I are on the same page here. I would go with the better, you know, with the rookie contract, the value, you know, you and I kind of live in value. Watson is so good that three for 82 is so worth it. Yeah. It's so worth it. But I don't know if it's worth that plus six draft picks. Right. That's that, where that's I stop. What, <laughs> yes. Yeah, because you, you think about it. If Paul George, if James that Harden was insane. Gets moved, exactly. You're, you're, they shipped four number one draft picks. Yeah. You will never see in the NFL a player traded for no, four number one draft picks. A, because the draft is so deep, you can spread it out over a first, second, third, or whatever you're going to do. Yeah. But the, the the haul that the NBA gives for one player, Deshaun Watson, with the, the season that he had, a team. Yeah, first round picks in the, the NBA are just funny money. You know that. They're funny money yeah. unless they're top threes. So but the NFL is different. It just is. Because you're seeing superstars at Lamar Jackson, pick 32. <laughs> what else do you need said there? Yes, I agree with you, Scott. And also, you give up two plus six top 100s for Watson. And to your Clippers point, why are we talking about the Clippers right now? Because they didn't win. Because because they did all of that and then first round exit. If Miami does this, six picks plus Tua for Watson, they have to win or we're all going to kill them collectively. There's so much pressure on this. Why would Watson do that to himself? You know what I mean? Why would he do it? It's just a bonkers, bonkers move. That and if it, if if it's a complete bust, you'll never see teams want to even go down that road ever again. So yeah. you, you squash that for a, any discussions that happen. But you know, teams that you can plug and chug Watson, and that makes them instant contenders. I mean, you brought up San Francisco. Yeah. What if Pittsburgh or what if you know any of those teams that they're going to have some sort of quarterback carousel there's other places i get it with the Tua comparison and you know Mm -hmm. they have the picks and you can swap back the pick and houston could get that third back it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that whole scenario because like you said watson has the power right now but if watson goes you can probably sure say jj watt is like yeah he's in tennessee in about a day and a half tennessee (laughs) tennessee acquires jj watt in about a day and a half um why Miami? Because Miami has a young quarterback, cost controlled, and the number three pick. There's not a team in the league that has it. They just don't. I mean, unless you're doing Darnold plus the number two, you know, 
but I don't know why the Jets would do that. So if, if you're Houston, all right, I'm going to get my number one pick that I traded to you back. Mm-hmm. It's almost certain that they're probably going to require them to throw in the 18th pick. Wouldn't you think? Both first rounds in the 2021 draft because they're Scott, I'm telling you, back. it's going to take every top 100 pick they have this in next year. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. It, That's bonkers. Deshaun Watson is that good. He is that good. No, he is. He is, he is so much better than Tua right now. On, on a one-to-one basis, and I know that's not fair to Tua, but it's just a fact. His experience and his—I mean, he's got playoff experience. He's got it all. He's got the numbers he just put up. I think it was like the fifteenth-best completion percentage in the history of football on the worst team ever. They were so bad. So I—I I got nothing but good things to say about the kid. I don't generally like this player empowerment situation where you force yourself out if you know if things go bad. So I'm not rooting for this to happen, but my goodness, the NFL just doesn't have this stuff. So if this is going to happen, you know, I guess this is as good a chance as ever because Tua plus the number three is a better starting point than most teams have ever in terms of acquiring a piece like this. So it's worth at least talking about to this degree. But financially speaking, like I said, 21.6 dead cap to text to the Houston. They're going to lose a little bit in 2021, but that's it. And then three years, 82 and a half million fully guaranteed to the new team. That's the, that's the Watson contract coming over. They're not eye popping numbers. This was a backloaded extension, heavily backloaded extension. So not, not eye popping stuff. So the contract isn't scaring me off at all for this trade happening. It's the draft picks and the (laughs) fact that Houston's giving up on Deshaun Watson possibly. So all right, let's quickly move on. A couple of quick things and then we'll wrap this thing up. Um, let's do an NBA update quickly, which yeah. is a disaster, by the way, speaking of disasters. And then let's finish with tonight's college football championship game, which we think is going to happen. <laughs> I haven't seen the <laughs> Ohio State COVID results yet, but we think it's going to happen. We'll talk some odds and some of their uh, NFL successes. Go ahead. Give me an NBA update. <laughs> yeah, as you said, disaster going on right now. It, it is a mess. Uh, Miami Boston game had to be postponed yesterday because uh, Boston had a ton of guys on. You know, Jason Tatum has COVID, and then a bunch of other guys have you know health protocols. Uh, right now, we have three big teams: Dallas, Philly, and Boston. Are they're they're hindered by shut down, right? Health health protocols. Yeah. Dallas had their facility shut down. Philadelphia played over the weekend with seven guys active. Everyone else was injured or had health protocols. Uh, and then, like I said, Boston, Miami yesterday got postponed. And, you know, not only with these health protocols, teams are decimated by injuries. You know, Memphis, Orlando, Atlanta. These teams are decimated with injuries. I mean, I, every day I go in and I update teams with the injuries that they have. Th- these are teams that have six to seven injuries active, you know, all the time right now. Orlando, they have two guys that they extended that are out for the remainder of the year between Fultz and Isaac uh, with season injury, season ending injuries. Atlanta has Gallinari out and uh, Bogdanovich. He's going to be out for a couple weeks. Uh, that came through last night. Memphis has a bunch of guys that are injured. We're seeing a combination of 
playing during a pandemic and having no to very little preseason and guys trying to get back into the court and playing at a pro level. And it's taking a toll on a lot of bodies right now. But the league says they're continuing to push through right now, even though teams are being uh, decimated with these injuries and protocols and teams having to play with seven, eight guys on the roster. So you're seeing where depth is important and guys that are usually don't get much playing time on the back end of that roster, they're getting significant time. So, you know, we're seeing guys get that you may not have seen played get minutes and get points and they're making a name for themselves like Maxi on Philly. He came in uh, and, and he had a lights out game. Uh, and, and there was a lot on Twitter joking that Dwight Howard was going to have to play point guard. Um, but we're, we're seeing the effects of pandemic plus little to no uh, preseason getting bodies in shape. We have not seen as many guys, uh, quote unquote, resting uh, from what I've had. I mean, I've only put in like six or seven guys that have, quote unquote, rested. And Russell Westbrook was two of those. Um, yeah. Has LeBron played uh, every game? Uh, oh. Yeah, he has. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, oh, he might have missed one game due to injury or he had to leave or something like that. If uh, off the top of my head, I know Anthony Davis had missed the game. Um but maybe I'm thinking LeBron was he was just questionable at that point for the one game. But, you know, we're seeing guys that are playing, even though it's the beginning of the season, trying to get that rust off. But, you know, the the the, the landscape of standings is all over the place, more so in the West sure. than the East. But we're seeing things all over the place and how this is going to affect some teams could be. Long term, because if if some guys go into those health protocols like Durant, he had to miss four games because of being in quarantine. So when you have guys that go into these health protocols like Boston, like Philly, those are games that could jockey the standings sure. quite a bit. Give me a lot of parity. Are, yeah, both those teams are seven and three right now, but if all is said and done and they have a stint where they lose some games or, you know, get into the middle of the season, those seven, eight, nine, ten 10 jockeying for that playoff play in tournament that they're going to have, you know, it, every game is going to matter. So is there you know, any slam dunk team yet? No, there is not. Not in the entire um, league, huh? No, I mean, the Lakers right now in the West, it's the Lakers at eight and three. You got the Suns and Clippers at seven and four. Mm -hmm. The Philadelphia 76ers are seven and three. Celtics are seven and three. But if there is a, a, a slam dunk great team right now, there isn't one. I'm going to guess really this isn't. means DFS has been fun. If everybody's kind of getting a piece of the pie right now, right? It is. And you really... I, I'll throw this out there. I, I have an app that I subscribe to for the NBA through Roto Grinders. I paid for the NBA. It has been spot on because <laughs> as soon as a guy is out, I get that notification and it helped yesterday because I had a bunch of Boston and Miami guys. Yeah. I get the ding that game X players are not playing because of health protocols. Nice. But then an hour later, I get a ding that postponed. So I had to go in. I had to alter all my Boston Miami guys that I had put in because of guys not playing 
Um, so that app has been really good and it, it, it dings you as soon as it knows that there's guys that are going to be out or if they're, they're active. So I can alter accordingly, but it is, you, you really have to pay attention if you're playing and you want to do well. Now this week I didn't, I didn't do well. Um, but if you're going to play, you really have to pay attention to what guys are going to play and what guys are not. And you have to sort of pick as cousin Dan said, you sort of have to take a a flyer on some guys thinking, all right, this guy may get some minutes or he may get some points because there are guys in and out and it's last minute because, you know, there, there was a game, um, Valanchunas with Miami. He was, he was in the game and had to get pulled during the game for health protocols so things like that are happening where you may have a guy and he's getting pulled mid game and it hurts you. So you, you yeah, nothing you, you can do about it though, really. And, and nothing you can do about it. But as I said, the, the roster or the standings, they're all over right now. Teams are doing what they can. Depth is going to be important because there may be instances where you have to play your 10 through 17 guys and you just have to go with it. Last question. Do you have any idea what's going on with Kyrie? He's MIA. <laughs> Three games in a row that he hasn't played. I, mean, I, I don't know. Nobody's talking, I don't know. right? No one's talking. I don't know if it's you know health health protocol scare or he's got something else going on uh, or uh, mental. Or, I, I mean, the, the social justice stuff spooked him last week. There's no question. I mean, he, he said that as much. What that means now a week later, I don't know, but... I, just kind of typical Kyrie. He kind of does this every year, right? For different, for various reasons. He does. Yeah. So it's just a week off maybe, but I'm going to give him credit. Hey, <laughs> hey, that team, they are deep, but they are struggling. They're five and six right now. Um, but again, Durant was out for four games because of, yeah, I'm not going to um, blame that. And, and I give a credit to Steve Nash. He is tinkering with the roster yes. right now, which you should because of everything that's going on. You have you're tinkering. He they probably think, all right, once we do get settled in, we're going to we're going to win some games sure. here moving forward and we're going to get into the playoffs. So he's tinkering, trying to massage that roster to figure out what works best. They are seeing what works best as far as starter. I mean, Jared Allen is an upgrade over DeAndre Jordan. They're they're getting plays out of Levert and um, Joe Harris and other guys that have to fit in there. But this is the time that that teams really do need to. I think that's the, play, the overarching point here, Scott, is that these are meaningless regular season games for the for the most part for, for the better teams. They know they can kind of limp through this part, this portion of the schedule and then turn it on when they need to, as long as everybody's active and healthy. One, one last thing on Nash. And he's new. But he's got a veteran staff and he's a pretty smart dude, all things considered. Why would Nash admit that he hasn't talked to Kyrie? Why throw <laughs> gasoline on the fire? Yeah, right. I miss when people lied. <laughs> like, to just say, yeah, you know, Kyrie's taking some personal time. He's, he's got some uh, personal issues that we're, we're uh, more than happy to see him carry out. Don't yeah, get in front even- of the microphone and say, I haven't talked to the guy. I have no idea where he is. Could you be even, more facilitating to the social media generation? My goodness. 
even if you send him a text, that's at least your communication one way. And you can yeah. say, yeah, I've tried. Uh, we've, no, no, we've communicated. not tried. We've communicated. Yeah, absolutely. No, we've, we've communicated. communicated. <laughs> that's right. It, it, right. <laughs> don't fuel the fire. Just go with it. Especially in New York City, you don't want to fuel that fire. No, just just let it go. Seriously, let him go. I mean, he's just a weird dude, but when he's available, he's darn, darn good. College football championship game. Alabama, Ohio State, some uh, familiar faces, of course. On FanDuel Sportsbook right now, plus 8.5 for Ohio State. That's a big spread. It has come down, though. Here's the number, though. The over-under. Do you want to take a guess? Do you have it in front of you? No, I don't. Take a guess. I'll guess. Oh. Um, 60. No. Lower or higher? Higher. Oh, my gosh. 72? 74.5. Holy cow. Wow. So have some coffee. Stay up late. This one should be fun. That's a big, big score. <laughs> that is. Uh, what do you got about Alabama and Ohio State? I mean, these are some perennial yeah. powerhouses here, right? Yeah, perennial powerhouses for sure. Right now, Alabama has 70 active players in the NFL, as opposed to Ohio State, who has 57 active players. And Alabama, hands down, has the number one, you know, as far as active players. Ohio State is fifth with total active players. What's the top five there, Scott? Second. It's Alabama at 70 with number one. Ohio State is number two at 57. Then it goes LSU, Florida, Georgia. Wow. So starting to see um, a trend. Yeah, we are. (laughs) But as far as money is concerned, is earnings, active earnings for the 70 players or 57 Alabama players have career earnings of $865 million for those 70 active players. Ohio State has $720 million in earnings out of those 57 active players. So do you know where that ranks or no? uh, I do. That is my guess is they're not. I mean, they've got volume, but this these are not quarterback towns. These are not NFL quarterback producers. Right. So that you wouldn't have the top the top career earners on this list. Alabama is number one with okay. these active players that we're talking about. Yeah. So number volume. one by uh, by thirty million dollars. Georgia's number two. LSU's number three. <laughs> California number four, Rogers. and then Ohio State is number five. Okay. So the volume matters here. They're, they're pumping enough volume out to keep up to be yes, top five earning, earning organizations in the NFL. Um, I mean, that's going to change this year, I would imagine. I would imagine both these quarterbacks get drafted. Obviously, Fields is a lottery pick here at some point. And Mac Jones is you know, offensive player of the year for, for all intents for a lot of these awards. So he's going to probably find himself somewhere, even though Alabama prototypically does not produce NFL quarterbacks outside of last year with Tua. What about those draft picks? How many first round picks, you know, are sitting out there in terms of Ohio State and Alabama for the upcoming draft versus what we've seen before? So what we've seen before is uh, I looked all the way back to when the rookie scale started and Alabama has had 86 players drafted since 2011, 30 of which were first rounders wow. and obviously Tua um mm-hmm. First, first for a quarterback. Uh, they've had four quarterbacks. You bring up quarterbacks. They've had Alabama's had four quarterbacks since 2011 drafted, and um, just you know, two as the first rounder, though. Yeah, two as the first rounder. And then when we look at Ohio State, since 2011, 62 players have been drafted, 18 of which have been first rounders. 
That's lower um, than I thought out. it was going to be. Because generally, a lot of their defense yeah. goes. And, right. you know, you saw I, some running backs and stuff. Yeah. So with the quarterbacks, you know, they, they, they've had three quarterbacks since 2011. One which was a supplemental trial prior. Mm-hmm. And uh, Haskins was their only first rounder. <laughs> Not a great track record. So, so we've got four. Alabama has projected four first round picks this year. And Ohio State has two projected first round picks this year. Yeah. No question about it. Alabama is a powerhouse, and I expect them to be big tonight. I, are you picking them to cover eight and a half? Oh. Um, you know, if the score is going to be a shootout like that, if they're saying the over-unders at 74 and a half, yeah, I'll say they'll cover. Me too. Because if it's going to be that high, it's going to be a shootout, which means it's going to be close. I mean, that's the top. They have a top three running back. And the two best wide receivers in the country. I mean, that's insanity. Literally the two best wide receivers in the country. So Mac Jones may be good, but he, he only he may be as good as the people around him. Uh, this is something to watch. There's no question. I mean, they're going to have a left tackle get drafted. They're going to have a guard get drafted. They're going to have the running back maybe as a first round pick. I would imagine the, you know, I mean, the, the Heisman winner is going to be top 10. I would imagine one of those one of those non-quarterback needy teams is going to snag a wide receiver, even though that's generally not good business. But he's like Julio Jones-esque. And he's not the best wide receiver in that team. That's what's yeah. crazy. So, yeah. Well, I, I, I pulled up real quick. I just uh, went to Pro Football Focus, found their offensive line grades to see where Alabama and Ohio State were. Because, I mean, we've been talking about the trenches yeah. and everything in the last couple uh, episodes here. I want to take a guess at where Alabama and Ohio State's Offensive line is one in four. No, Alabama is nine. Okay. Ohio State is 12. All right. I want to take a guess at who number three is. Number three? That's specific. Yes. Uh, it is very. Cincinnati. No. RUB Bulls. Oh, yeah. Hell of a year. Yeah. Yeah. Hell of a year. So give, give a little shout out to Buffalo there. Yeah, but there's yeah. a running back that's going to get drafted. All right. Good no. stuff. Good. Yeah. No, that was great. All right, we're both taking them to cover, and I'm taking the slight under. Alabama to cover eight and a half, but a slight under 74.5. That's good TV tonight. Good TV. Not that we haven't had enough football in the past couple of days. My goodness. (laughs) All right, my thanks to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track. Get yourself 40% off the full year subscription to olbg.com, the online betting guide. Check out the free NBA contest and become a better better at the same time. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Chinetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Track Podcast.